Hi, I'm Leanna, and Nikki is away today, but I'm so happy to have a friend, Morgan, joining us, um, joining me to talk today. Morgan is a fellow mom of three beautiful children, and she has a background that did studying in psychology. And so today we thought we would talk about expectations and expectations for ourselves, for other people, especially in these COVID pandemic times, how are our expectations shifting? Or even what are the signals that maybe our expectations aren't quite appropriate right now? So hi, Morgan. Hi, Liana. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Um, how are you noticing your expectations? Well, um, whether or not related to COVID, we, we can't quite say yet, but my youngest child went back to school in September. Uh, he's four and he began to have some really explosive behaviors um, at school targeted towards his teachers, his peers. It was getting bad at home as well. I mean, uh, he's the youngest of three. So there's already some conflict here and there has come up with siblings. Um, but it was getting more physical and just really, you could see that he was really struggling and uh, couldn't regulate his emotions, which is interesting because at preschool and when he was three, there was, there was no such issues, even though he's always been a boisterous kid. So, you know, with most children, like a lot of us would maybe choose to try and instate some kind of like reward chart or, right. um, yeah, you know, you get a stamp for this or, or if you do something bad or that's, you know, poor behavior, if you hit your teacher, you don't get any computer time, you know, that's generally like right. a, a strategy that most of us would try. And it was my go-to strategy with my first two children because it worked. Um, it didn't work for Charlie. Uh -oh. So yeah, we've been looking a lot about um, expectations and, and changing, really questioning why I have an expectation of a certain thing and, and also challenging my own expectations for myself as far as what I need to do to fix things as a parent. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of us were raised with that um, reward, punishment, or to back up behavior, and then the behavior, you know, you get a reward or punishment from that. And, and then we expect that there's a behavior correction. And so it's hard to change that expectation. Um, I would imagine in your case, but I'm also feeling it very <laughs> deeply personally too. Um, because I think I had to shift my expectations with my child as well, where um, I relied on that style of parenting. It's what I knew, right? It's, it's what we learn and know. And I tried to go to that more, what's the need behind the behavior? What is this really communicating? What is happening there and trying to address that but I mean reactions can happen in, uh, like a flash of lightning right <laughs> yeah. absolutely uh, it's the that's exactly my my feeling on this situation too I think that um in questioning these explosive behaviors I really started to notice my own explosive behaviors mm. so I was able to then say okay I mean in this moment you know, we're putting on our, our, our clothes to go outside. We have to get to school on time or, or whatever. And, you know, okay, put your boots on. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm going to roll on the ground and fast and make up some reasons why I can't, but are those really the reasons I say no. So I'm going to go put my 
foot down and literally start stomping and raising my voice that he's not being obedient and he knew it was time to go. I gave him warnings, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, the next thing you know, it's escalated where he's crying, I'm cross, everybody's stressed out. It's just, you know, it's, it's a elevated state that I don't really need to function in. I don't do my best work in that state. Of course, the kid isn't going to do his best work in that state. Right. So I think for me noticing that, um, I had to start really looking at it. Like he can't, right. He can't in this moment, my expectation is impossible to him. Mm. No matter whether he could do it yesterday or at his cousin's house or whatever. I mean, at this moment, putting on the boots is too much for him. That is such so, a good well, point about like, even if he could do it five minutes ago or yesterday or yeah. Yeah. That for it whatever was, it was reason. a real lens change. Yeah. It was a real lens change for me. Yeah. And you almost think about, yeah, just not having those tools in, in the toolbox. You're for instance, asking him to draw a picture with no pencil, no, no marker, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So right now our strategy has been to remove expectations. Basically, if, if in the moment, what we're asking him, not, not where it involves safety and things like that, of course, I'm not going to remove the expectation that he holds my hand when we're crossing the street, but in a home where it's safe to do so, or in environments where we can have some control, we definitely are just removing expectations and working on building trust so that he knows that we empathize. We see that he's struggling. We know that he wants to do well. We know that he wants to succeed at whatever task because people do. Humans want to do well when we can. Yes. And I think it's been really, really helpful because we've seen in just four or five months, we've seen a huge reduction in outbursts. In fact, it's very rare now. And it was happening almost daily back in September, wow. October. That's what I was So I'm not about. saying it's going to work for everybody. And right. I'm not trying to say that it's going to be a, a, a solution that people need to take on carte blanche. But if you're noticing, you know, the regular, you know, authoritative parenting, you know, I'm going to reward you or punish you. And if that's not working for your family anymore, there is another way. It's been very effective for us. Right. And I think a lot of times with parenting too, we're trying to exert a kind of control and that control is, um, I mean, it's coming from a good place, right? We're trying to get things done. We're trying to keep them safe. We're trying to teach them, uh, you know, proper or appropriate or acceptable behavior in certain situations. So it's coming from a good place, but I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we forget that, you know, this isn't perhaps the same as obedience training with a animal or a a dog, we forget their humanity a little bit because we're caught up in, in just trying to do our best. Um, But control that power struggle, and it doesn't even have to present itself as a power struggle, but that power struggle of obedience, control, staying in that lane is very present um, Mm -hmm. through parenting. Um, so I have so many questions, but I'm wondering when you could see that the first approach or your instinctual re- approach wasn't working. Did you experience any kind of what I would call like mom guilt or of things of that nature? And how did that influence your expectations of yourself? Oh, wow. I don't know if you know this, but my parents live upstairs. <laughs> so, you know, it, I'm now I'm feeling like I'm really flying in the face of everything I've been brought up with as far as, 
you know, no, hitting is unacceptable. If, yeah. if he hits his brother, he should get a spank on the bum or he should be set in time out or he should get his TV taken away, whatever it is, you know? Um, so I was really worried that I was going to get flack for being too permissive. Yeah. Um, but once my mom and stepdad were able to see that it's not about la- allowing those behaviors to go unchecked, it's just right. about approaching it or intervening in a way that's much gentler and much more validating for the person who's struggling in this case is a small child yeah but yeah the mom guilt for sure I, I worried about being judged by anybody who might see me not take a really hard line on right him, say, throwing a toy at some other kid like yeah yes I'm up there I'm making sure I'm holding his hand so that he's not doing any more throwing I'm apologizing to the other kid or parent that's around but no, I'm not going to immediately punish and take something away from my child. He's struggling at this moment too. He wouldn't just throw impulsively. There was always a precipitating factor. So it was really about trying to understand and unpack, you know, what his, yeah, what's what's lacking for him in that moment. Um, And you really have to let go of, well, I mean, that's easier said than done. I, I don't try and pay too much attention to what other people might, might think. But, but um, it's a tough one. Yeah. Parenting does feel like it's in a fishbowl. Like it does feels like kind of everybody has an opinion. If there's a tantrum at the grocery store. Um, yeah, I can recount cases where people have come up to either me or, or friends of mine and like tips and suggestions even. And, and so you become aware that like people are watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know when, when I was pregnant, I didn't realize I had an expectation for my mothering. But it soon became clear um, when my daughter was maybe one or two, you know, and starting to exert some of the nose and speaking more and and pulling away from my hand and and doing those types of behaviors. I expected that I would handle whatever came my way with grace. And when I say that, so many people laugh. They're like, oh, Leanna, (laughs) you're just setting yourself up for failure there. But I think I had an expectation that I would see the need that I could tell when she was pressing my buttons and there would be this sage, (laughs) wise person in the back of my head that would be like, don't engage in that. She's pressing your buttons. And here's how we're going to surf this wave to the shore. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I would be able to do that. So the first couple of times that I reacted instead of maybe drawing my awareness to what was happening or where I, yeah, kind of went to those different parenting styles that I was raised with. Um, Yeah. The mom guilt was huge. I, um, and I felt personally out of control in a way, not in an unsafe way, but I'm like, wow, I'm not even, I'm not even applying what I wanted to, what I saw myself doing. So it was very jarring. Um, And I had to adjust my expectations. I had to sit there one day and say, well, what is it that she needs? And I came to just the simplicity of she just needs me in whatever mood I'm in, in whatever energy I've got, because it's okay for her to see that mommy's having a slow day or um, mommy, mommy too can't do, she's not going to get on the floor and, and play this today when she did yesterday today we're going to do drawing instead or you know so Mm -hmm. it's good for her to see that too and so I had to realize that my expectation 
had to shift to merely showing up and showing up in whatever mood, in whatever style I was in that day, we would both muddle through together. And, um, you know, I kind of subscribe to that philosophy that you're the parent that your child needs. And, you know, if we think of the greater spiritual or universality of, you know, how do we end up with the family that we end up with? I, you know, we do. (laughs) So I'm like, well, I'm the mom that she needs. So, and this is the mom I can be today, but it, it took a, a quite a jarring, uh, year or two. It wasn't even days year or two to make that shift. I thought I'm going to drive myself insane if I keep these rigid expectations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The internalized expectations are actually the worst because then you're actually not even really saying them out loud. They're just (laughs) there. And then you're suddenly like, wow, I'm holding myself to some really, really impossible standards. Um, It's really important to be gracious with yourself. First of all, everybody makes mistakes and everybody has reactions. I mean, it's even the most faintly of parents behind closed doors, I'm sure they have their moments of, yeah, reaction. It's, yeah. it's kind of what kids do. Yes. <laughs> it's how they learn. <laughs> it's how they learn so much about, about, yeah. you know, socializing in the real world, because like I said, you know, they're safe in their home. They're going to try everything. That's so, that's such an important point. They're safe in their home. So they're going to, that's where they're that's their safe harbor. So that's where they're going to be their messiest, like emotionally Mm -hmm. messy. That's where they're going to, as you say, try stuff because this is the people to try it around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, I mean, you have a great co-parenting relationship and, and all seems compatible there, but it it does get even a a little bit more difficult when there's another set of adult expectations that differ too. And I think if I could go back, um, Andrew and I work things out as we go. We've got good o- open communication, but because he's away so much, there's a lot of, of learning that I'm doing as a parent on the fly, on the job that he isn't privy to because, you know, he's he's physically away from us for months at a time. So it's really an extra layer of of challenge for those expectations. Like when I have just spent six months, you know, really delving into a, a new way of reacting to Charlie's behaviors. And then Andrew comes home. He's, he's still in the, in the former way, you know, where, right. you know, why don't we try the reward chart or like, no, no internet time for you this, this afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I'm going, Oh, like <laughs> we've worked so hard to, to rebuild our trust. And it's not, that's not what, you know, that's not what we're doing anymore. And, right. and he's obviously feeling a little bit you know, he's just come into his own home with his own family. How come things have changed so much? So that led to a little bit of tension between us. So I had to change my expectations for him too. He's, right. he's doing the best that he can with what he's got at that yeah. moment. So yeah. yeah, grace, grace all around has been <laughs> such, such a lovely, liberating feeling for me. Yeah. Um, and if we know, take- I can't always keep it up. No, <laughs> that would be an impossible expectation. <laughs> yes, it would. Grace um, for that too. Grace for that too. Um, I was wondering too, like, I know I have expect, like, yeah, they're so ingrained that I don't even, they're not even conscious, but expectations around keeping a clean house or um, I think you and I chatted before, like productivity. Um, what does productivity 
look like um when you're stuck at home (laughs) all the time too there's almost so much I can do to fill my day like I I don't have a schedule for most of my day I'm I'm at home there's things to be done don't get me wrong I could probably fill a couple lifetimes if I if I was really desiring to but it's difficult to get really into some of those mundane household projects after this long I mean I can't wait to take my kids to swimming lessons yes again I'm really looking forward to going to the library and browsing yep yeah it's hard I don't feel productive yeah and so what is our expectation of productivity I you know with parenting it's such invisible work until perhaps somebody notices how you handled something, perhaps somebody compliments your child. And even then it's like, well, they're their own individual and they work really hard on that. You know, like we don't really take the credit for ourselves of um, guiding that and nurturing that and growing that along. So um, it really is invisible, the work that is getting done. Um, Just even down to the considering and the planning and the emotional management of of the household because you kind of almost it's almost uh, maybe crisis is too big of a word but you know like an emotional crisis an emotional outburst and you get through it you don't kind of think of that as going on your awesome mom resume (laughs) I think we I think we underplay stuff a lot of times as well everybody does that and well, shouldn't I be doing that? I'm, I'm a mom, but uh, no, that took a lot of effort and a lot of skills and a lot of diverse skills, like patience and empathy and flexibility and problem solving and communication. Like it's amazing. It is amazing. I wonder why I'm so poor at it. It's other things. I, I just noticed that maybe it's because we just don't get to have such intimate relationships with other people outside of our home. Yeah. But trying to juggle all those skills that you just listed just to be flexible and adaptable and patient and all those things that, you know, that we show to our, our loved ones in communication. I mean, I don't know if I offer quite the same level of, of attention to every interaction I have. I, maybe I should. (laughs) Well, I don't know if we could do that all the time, but Perhaps if we're feeling the guilt or the judgment or just down and funky, that that is an awareness that might be nice to bring in is, wow, look at all of what I did do. And Mm -hmm. um, look at my, I don't know, I'm just thinking resumes for some reason. Look at my mom resume. (laughs) I feel so good at the end of the day. I feel so good at the end of the day when we we've had like a crisis free, an emotional crisis free day, mm. even though surviving those emotional crises should be something to feel good about as well. But it, it is a really nice when you do have those days where there's just harmony, even if it's just at bedtime. Yeah, I do go. I do feel really good about that. That's something that I do want to put on my mom resume. It's not all the time, but I think with all the craziness that's going on in the world and just really feeling that uncertainty for like what's in our child children's futures. Yeah. I do think that the part that is the most important to me is just giving them that feeling of, of experiencing harmony and experiencing feeling really safe. Mm. Yeah, that is, that is a good thing on your mom resume, I think. And it's nice to bring our awareness to that. I know going back to that, um, 
when I had that year or two where I was shifting my expectations for my mothering, I felt low. I, I don't know if it was a bit of postpartum. I don't know if it was mom blues or, but you know, I really, I really felt funky. And so one of the things I had to do was at the end of the day, when I crawled into bed <laughs> and, and, you know, and all you want to do is just turn out the light and just hit the pillow and go. Um, but I took a few moments to just go, I am a good mom and I did it today. And, and like you say, if there was those feelings of harmony or a mom win or a big hug from your child or, um, or, you know, sometimes you just say something in a, in a way, like a playful way or a really articulate way, or you meet them on their level. You just know when you have one of those spark firework moments. And so I would just try and like, even just pick one of those for the day and just bathe in it for 30 seconds. (laughs) That's a great idea. What a good, what a good idea. I just have a little like personal affirmation pick that moment that really felt like a good connection that felt meaningful and sit in that for the night yeah instead of replaying all the things that I should have said differently or criticisms uh, the criticisms that slip out of my mouth I mean again I can talk all I want about changing my expectations but they're still somewhere under the surface because every once in a while I catch myself either thinking or even saying out loud a you know, something kind of nitpicky. Yeah. Um, you know, emptying the dishwasher and leaving a trail of Tupperware drips all on the floor yes. so that people can walk through and get their socks wet. <laughs> you know, I think I might've even gone ahead and said like, that's just lazy. Hmm. Well, geez, that's pretty harsh. You know, he's 11 yeah. and he's unloading the dishwasher and we, you know, we should be calling that a win. Yeah. I kind of probably just said, Hey, let's let's grab a towel and fix that or and you would have probably noticed for the next time but instead I had to jump right to you know or how would it have felt to leave it dun 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 right let your sock yeah his socks can dry it up (laughs) which I'm sure he wouldn't have even batted an eye at have you ever seen an 11 year old boy's socks oh no it's it's or not that I've noticed (laughs) I'm it's probably for girls too but it's bad 11 year olds don't like to bathe as it oh, turns out so yeah. that's, that's even, where we're at even younger they go through phases <laughs> yeah there's no yeah I don't know bathing oh my <laughs> yeah but again I think you know just just try and try to reframe things so that it doesn't come out as a criticism I yeah probably win you more more points from your well, kiddo and- it just kind of feels better too. I mean, so if the day happened, how it happened. And I think sometimes we have that critical voice and it, and not that it's a conscious thought, but deep down, we believe that that critical voice is helping us to be productive. It's keeping us on the straight and narrow. It may, maybe it's, it's a voice we heard growing up. So it's, it's there. It's a pretty deeply rooted thing for, I would say everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But if we compliment ourselves, if we bring our awareness to what's gone well, um, I, I believe we can still be productive. We're still doing a good job. And so doesn't that just feel better? Doesn't that maybe re-energize you to keep going in that direction? It Um, absolutely does. And of course, easier said than done. 
of course. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but words are powerful. And so even, even just you and I saying this right now to each other is, yeah. I feel, um, I feel strengthened in my resolve to remember to do that because now I'm saying, yeah, okay, this is not just my struggle alone. Yeah. We are all, you know, working to kind of quiet the, the criticisms and the unrealistic expectations that we hear in the back of our head. They're there. They're probably not going anywhere anytime soon, but you know, we do have tools in our toolbox that we can use to try and affirm the good things that we've done and the efforts that we're making. It is invisible. You're right. And, um, you know, some a way we can help make it more visible is by giving it, giving words to it and, and speaking them to ourselves and to each other, complimenting each other too. Leanna, you're yeah. a great mom. Thank I think you, you're Morgan. awesome. You yeah, are. well, I love that you reflect on everything. And yeah. that's, that's huge. I don't know how you manage with three kids. And I think you're a very mindful parent. And I love that about you. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's probably why we connected with our, our great group of mom friends. I don't know if yes. you've told your listeners about how awesome our mom friends are. <laughs> I have not. I kept that, I kept that little nugget for myself, I guess. <laughs> I'm just going to out the crowd then and say, you know, I think that it's a real blessing um, at this stage of parenthood to, to have a solid circle of, of parents. Yeah. You know, we have great women in our group, but some great husbands too. And and just to be able to really say anything and to, yeah, to be understood and validated and, and supported. Yeah. And not judged. I mean, we all have some, we've got some different um, personal techniques about how we handle things and, you know, we've, we've all seen each other's kids at their best and at their worst. And I just feel like the love is just unfaltering. I know that any of us would do anything for each other's kids and and each other. So I feel really supported by that. Yeah. You know, this might be a topic for another day, but it, it also, I worried a bit about how I was going to make mom friends. The, The mom group that we have, that is like you say, just a spectacularly open and honest and supporting group and non-judgmental is, is just a a blessing, but it didn't, it didn't just happen if that makes sense. And I worried about that as a new mom. Um, I, I have my core group of friends that I grew up with and we all had children at different times. And now we live in different locations as well, not easily accessible. And I I remember when my daughter was young um, that my mom would say, you know, I think it would help if you had some mom friends, you could bounce this around and understand that you're not alone and that this is really quite normal and do, 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 do. And my mind was like, well, how do I just go up and be like, you know, that awkward person, can I be your friend? And then right away, do you want to hear about all my mom struggles? (laughs) (laughs) It just didn't seem so organic to me. Um, And then we just happened to meet through our preschool situation, which is an awesome co-op preschool where the parents are involved. And, um, and it didn't start out as, okay, well, will the seven of us be the best of friends forever? I'm going to make you a daisy chain friendship bracelet. (laughs) It was, you know, you were volunteering on the same day as another mom, you clicked, this mom had talked to that mom, you start to open up and say a couple of things and oh me too and and you gravitate towards i think the same energy or spirit and we don't we don't have the same personalities we don't have the same approach as you say we don't perhaps even have the same things that we care about um or expectations 
And yet we have the common idea of just non-judgment. You're doing your best, supporting women, um, just loving on each yeah. other as moms. And yeah, and, it, and really loving our community too. I think that yes. really brings us together, like being where we are just on the little bit of a, a the rural feeling out here and knowing that um, we all believe that, you know, there's a great deal of wealth to be gained just from being outdoors and enjoying yeah. our environment. I think that's really brought us all together too. just the kids running around at the beach or at the campground. I mean, those are, yeah. those are pretty solid moments. Uh, hopefully they will remember some vague part <laughs> of that. But for me, I will always know I look back on my time as, as a mom at this particular stage of parenthood and feel really grateful. Yeah. Cause I, it is, it would be lonely. And I do, I really, I feel, especially during the pandemic, I do feel for the people who, who don't have a big support network and family or friends and trying to navigate these questions that we all go through, you know, on usually on a daily basis, it would be a lot to shoulder on your own. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm hoping even people who don't have their traditional connections, maybe there's room there. Maybe there's flexibility there for a different expectation of how you connect with people. Um, yes. Yeah. We, um, we, are, you know, we, our awareness might be heightened at this time because we do have more um, at home time and we are feeling a little bit more insular, most of us, to do a lot of reflecting, which can also sometimes bring up feelings of um, pressure to solve the problem faster mm -hmm. or yeah. to make something change. Okay, I'm aware of this now. I've got all this time and I'm aware of this problem or this expectation that I can't meet of myself or the expectation that I have for my child that they can't meet. I have to fix it. Maybe not right now. Yeah. You know, I think another expectation on top of that is that this is a unique time in our, in yes. our society, in our, in our personal lives, we will always remember this and maybe we can give ourselves a little bit more grace and, you know, trying to solve our, our expectations or change our expectations right in the moment. If you need to ride it out with the way that things are, I mean, there's no time limit on these things. And, um, we're a little bit handcuffed with some of the options that we could explore. So people probably need to remember that if you are going to analyze your expectations, it's, it doesn't have to be on a deadline. I love that. And that's a great place, I think, to leave the conversation for today. Fabulous. So um, if you have anything you would like to add to this conversation about expectations, or if you have any topic ideas that you would like to hear us discuss in the future, you can send that to Leanna Nikki at gmail.com. That's L I A N A A N D N I K I at gmail.com. And I just want to thank Morgan for joining me. Thank you. And I'd like to thank you for listening in.